You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me. I was recently at the Califia Farms Better Coffee for All party, tasting their new nitro cold brew that they just rolled out with and their new classic black cold brew. And it's just straight cold brew coffee. And it's the first coffee, straight coffee that they're releasing because they're all almond-based products. Um, And I'm really excited because I tried them both and they're both delicious. Um, and now I'm I'm pretty addicted to to all of their products. Almost anything they come out with, I'm I'm addicted to. You'll definitely want to try it out. Head to califiafarms.com to find a retailer near you, and you can learn uh, learn what Nitro Cold Brew is all about. Because of course, when I went to their party, I had to take it over, and I explored what Nitro is in an all new Zach Attacks. So go to YouTube.com/slash/JustPlainZach to learn all about it. I'm really excited because we're continuing our election-themed month. You heard from Team Trump. You heard from Team Hillary. Last week, we talked about issues in the 279 for Change campaign. And this week, today's guest is the director, sorry, the director for civic tech and policy for Rock the Vote, an organization that works to build political power for young people by registering them to vote getting them involved in politics, and empowering them to run their own action campaigns. Everybody, please welcome Jen Tolentino. Thank you so much for that introduction. That was so nice. (laughs) How are you, Jen? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I am chilling. It's really warm here in L.A. You're in L.A. too, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I just moved into a really awesome WeWork space in Culver City. It's so warm out this summer. Yeah, it was warm in the winter, too. It was just it's kind of always warm here. I moved from D.C., and it's just very different. I know. I kind of wanted to, to get a little chilly now. I'm kind of, like, hoping that at least this fall and this winter it'll be, you know, like a little cold. You know, like, yeah, maybe in the low 60s. In the low 60s <laughs> is perfect. That's, you know, and then anything, of course, once you're in L.A., anything that drops to the 50s, it's like, oh, my God, it's freezing. Give me a fur coat. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to talk a bit about some common questions that a lot of millennials have about the campaign, about the election, um, you know, because I think a lot of people want to get out and vote. And I hope they've been listening to No Filter all month long and got to listen to both sides of the campaign and hopefully found some issues that resonate with them and are now ready to go out and vote. But um, I don't know. Is the is the campaign, can we vote on Snapchat, Jen? Is that a thing? <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't think that you would necessarily want to vote via Snapchat. That's okay. not necessarily the most secure way to cast a ballot. And it disappears after 24 hours, right? <laughs> That's right. Um, I think the biggest thing that you could do with Snapchat is certainly getting all your friends excited about voting and understanding that there's an election and why it's so important. But I don't know about casting a ballot via Snapchat <laughs> yet, quite yet. So tell me, Jen, why is it so important for millennials to vote? I think a lot of millennials feel like, oh, you know, my parents, my grandparents, they're all going to vote. I'm probably not that educated enough to make a decision. Why is it important for us to challenge that thought and to actually get out and vote? Yeah, well, if you think about, you know, throughout history, a lot of the major movements and political moments that have really driven our country forward have been driven by young people. So 
looking back to the civil rights movement, the Vietnam War protests, Occupy Wall Street, the fight for marriage equality, young people have been at the forefront of all of those really successful and important fights for moving our country to a point where it reflects who we are. Mm -hmm. And I think making sure that millennials understand that power and that if they want to live in a country that looks like them and it reflects their values, they need to make sure that they cast a ballot and they're a part of changing their country. Okay. Now, the big question that I that then pops into my mind is, does our vote really count? There are so many people that are out there voting. Does my one vote really count? Now, if I'm thinking of voting for, let's say, Hillary Clinton, well, so many people in California are going to vote for Hillary Clinton. Why do I need to participate? Why can't I just opt out? Totally. I mean, I think that that's certainly a thing that a lot of people feel. But if you think about millennials, as a voting block in general, we are going to be the largest voting block in the country. So branding together, having a voice, and forcing candidates across the aisle to speak to the issues that matter to us is really important. But that also, that's really just focused on the presidency. Like we in California have the Senate up for election, so we have to decide our senators. There's also going to be 17 um, ballot initiatives on the ballot in California, and a lot of local elections are being decided. So it's not really just about the presidency. It's about every single place where we have an opportunity to shape our government. Okay, now talk to me a little bit about delegates and super delegates and how our vote and their vote both work in an election. Sure. Yeah. So this is something that really only comes up every four years because delegates and superdelegates are a thing that the large political parties use at their conventions to decide who is going to be their party nominee. Mm-hmm. Um, a superdelegate is essentially an unpledged delegate. They are used to, you know, if they want to have a specific, um, if let's say the party decides, you know, all of our pledged delegates are going one way, we can still decide to, to leverage it on another area. Um, delegates are basically decided from the primaries. So it's a really weird, nuanced process that okay. is actually not really open to the public to decide how it's set up. Okay. The primary system are, is completely set up by the parties, and it's changed if we feel like it wasn't set up in a way that we can actually be empowered as voters and as party members, something that we need to talk about changing, you know, in 2017 so that when 2020 rolls around, we have something that actually makes sure that we're empowered to, like, feel like what the conventions and that our party picks a candidate that looks like what we want it to be. Okay, so are the dele- so there are delegates in each state, correct? Yes. Okay, so now our vote, so we all come in, we all place a vote, and then that goes to the delegates, and then they place the ultimate vote for the state? Is that how it works? It depends on the state. Okay. So in some states, like, you cast your ballot for somebody for president based on your party, and that's also assuming that you're registered for the correct party. Then your based on your vote, they select a certain number of delegates that would then be pledged to, you know, there'd be, say, there's 10 delegates from California based on the votes. There'd maybe be eight from for Clinton and, like, two for Bernie or something like that. And then they would have to, in the first round of voting, vote for whoever they were pledged to. In some states, they actually run 
where you vote for your delegate and you don't even necessarily know who your delegate is pledged to. So it's a very removed Oh, that's process. interesting. It's very strange. Like, it, it completely is different in each state. In some cases, there's it's not divvied up directly based on the voting. Some of them have it where, you know, some of the delegates are still going to be unpledged. They're not super delegates, but they'll be, say, like, of the 10 delegates that you had, two of them can go whoever they feel like. So it's still, again, the way that the convention is set up, it leaves a lot of wiggle room for parties to still make the ultimate call for who becomes the nominee if they feel the need to do so. And again, the and also the Republican and the Democratic convention and delegate situation is set up differently. They're not exactly the same. Well, that sounds like a big, hot mess. Yep. And it's not so hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll talk... So... How do we know if we're registered and if we're not registered, how can we do that? Can we do that on Snapchat? So right now you can't do that on Snapchat, but I think they should. Um, You can do that through, like, one of the things that we're doing is trying to make voter registration easier for everybody Mm -hmm. and trying to partner with a lot of companies that, young people are already sort of engaged with. So like Twitter, for example, they have a, a tool that you can get registered to vote through them. Really? We're working with. Mm-hmm. They only release it around registration deadlines. But okay. so like in California, they promoted a tweet around like, if you're not registered to vote by May 23rd, here's how to do it. And so we're trying to get those kind of opportunities placed everywhere that y'all are so that you don't have to go looking for this information. But if you do want to go looking for the information, um, we are set up at rocksvote.com to get you registered, to check if you're registered across the country. So it's sort of one place where you can go to get all of the things that you need if you have questions about, you know, how to, how the process works, what you need to bring, and all of that stuff. So just rocksvote.com. That's where I went. That's how I got registered. I'm registered. That's awesome. That's, I did it. <laughs> and you have to do it every time you move, too. It's not just one time. Oh, man. I'm not moving anytime soon then. I'm just going to stay put for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So where and how do we vote? So, again, that sort of depends on your state. Okay. In California, you're going to be able to have some early voting options depending on your county. Um, And then you'll vote at a polling location or you can vote permanent absentee by mail, so they always mail you your mail ballot, which is kind of nice. Um, If you ever have issues like not being able to actually get to a polling location on election day, you can always request an absentee ballot and mail it in. So it's something that, you know, I think a lot of us don't always have jobs that, like, let you take your two hours off for administrative leave to do it or your classes. Like, it's hard. Mm -hmm. So always make sure that you know, don't let, you know, one specific day or the difficulty to making it somewhere become a barrier for you. Again, rocksavote.com, we can offer you all of the information you need to cast an absentee ballot, but it's different across the country. And we're, we'll have information for polling locations once they're finalized, and we'll get you guys set up. Okay. And so that, so it, no, it's no, November 8th, correct? November 8th, yeah. November 8th. So that's the only day we can vote unless we do, like, the mail-in. So that's actually not true. Oh. Yeah. So there's actually opportunities to do early voting across the country. Okay. So 
it again very definitely depends on the state federalism. Mm-hmm. You can um, in almost half the states you can do early voting without an excuse, where they'll actually open up a number of polling locations, and you can find those on our website once they're finalized. I think they'll be ready probably early October, or you can look up your local election official to find out where those would be. But you can essentially just, like, go on a Saturday and cast an early ballot, and those get counted just like regular ballots. There's no, like, weird stuff where, like, they're not going to count it unless it's closed. Everything gets counted. Everything matters, and it's easier to get it out of the way. Huh. Interesting. Okay. So what other ways does Rock the Vote help us prepare for the November 8th election so we can register to vote, we can find out where to vote, what other resources can we utilize through Rock the Vote? So we also have, um, in our election center, we have information on all of the candidates right now down to the congressional level. So if you wanted to put in your address, you can find out, like, obviously who's running for president. I don't think that's a secret to anybody. But <laughs> you'll find out information on like, the Senate races, the congressional races, because every member of the House is up for re-election right now. Okay. Um, so can we get... participate in that in the November 8th election, or is that a completely separate vote? Nope. So, like, all of these elections, you guys are going to have pretty ba- like big ballots. for like, there's a lot of races in November that... Yeah, you got to get informed about it and figure out, like, who are these people that represent you? Oh, man. And do they, like, are they doing a good job? And if not, like, who could do a better job? But there's there's a lot of stuff on the ballot. I don't know. I think Trump's killing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So what do we need to bring to the voting poll? So I'm like, okay, I found my spot. I'm registered. I'm going in. I blocked out my two hours on November 8th. I'm heading in there. What do I need to bring with me? So I would generally recommend um, probably looking up what's going to be on your ballot in advance and making a plan. Okay. So knowing, you know, what are you going to see on the ballot? So you're not surprised and overwhelmed by it. You have an opportunity to look up all the information you need, do some research, ask your friends, maybe like have a, a ballot check party where like you make a voting guide with your friends. Could be fun. I don't know. It's just my kind of fun. Um, in terms of voter ID and stuff like that, that'll really depend on your state. Not okay. every state requires that you bring a photo ID. And again, you can look up your state-specific information on our website, but it just depends. And also, you can vote if you're a student. You can vote in your state where you're a student, even if that's not necessarily your, like, if you're in school in Utah, but you your parents live in California, you can vote in Utah or California. Oh, that's interesting. Wherever you feel like you want to vote, that's your choice. It can be a little confusing, so we have that information too. But yeah, it's all all state by state, and it's kind of difficult to navigate, but we're here to help. Okay, very cool. So now what do you think? Like, I feel like we've had some pretty important elections over the years, but... I feel like we've really come to a a turning point, and and maybe you, maybe you disagree, but do you think this is our most important election yet? Why or why not? Um, I don't know if I would say it's necessarily the most important election. I think it's certainly very very important, and I think you know what is decided could certainly send a message to 
you know, this country to our political parties to the world in general about yeah. what America stands for. And I think that we already don't have a important. great reputation. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that in and of itself is important. But if you think about what really impacts you on a day-to-day basis and the things that you find frustrating or the items that you actually struggle with, those aren't necessarily always affected by the president. A lot of those things can be affected by your school board or your state legislature. So those will likely also be on the November election, but I think it's important to think about not just focusing on the presidency as like this is this is the only thing that's important and this is the only really critical aspect of the election. It's so many daily decisions are decided lower down on the ballot. Do you think too much of the coverage is focused on just the the Trump versus Hillary? Um, I think it makes sense that that's what it is. I think the challenge that we really see is that in 2017, there's still going to be actually a ton of elections happening. There's an election across the country almost every single Tuesday. So that's where we lose the momentum of people no longer are paying attention to elections and unless they're being hit over the head with the fact that they have an election. And it's easy to find information about those candidates and those races. It becomes much more challenging for us to keep them engaged and for voters to understand, you know, what are they voting on and why do they have to vote for it again? So it's it's good messaging in terms of getting people aware of the election, but it's bad because then there's no focus on the fact that, you know, there's going to be 17 ballot initiatives in California. What do those mean and why do, why do you care? Right. So we're going to go in and we really only have one choice and we don't even know what we're going to be voting for on the rest of the ballot. Yeah. I'm, I do know that I'm sure like the um, fact that marijuana being legalized will drive young people to the ballot box. On oh, health. yeah. They love marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so why do you think so many millennials don't want to participate in this year's election? Well, I think that a lot of um, a lot of our generation is seeing that you know some of the candidates aren't necessarily resonating with them. That's the political jargon and the blanket statements. They don't necessarily feel that they're super authentic. Uh-huh. And I think our generation is very issue driven, so it's difficult to really wrap their heads around like why why are we still working within these very specific constraints. But I do think that given what they view as something that's like very critical and at state for our country, um, we've seen recently in a poll that we did with USA Today that youth engagement is already up 11 points since our last poll in March. So I think the momentum around what is going to happen in November is sort of ramping up. But I definitely think that there is room to message down ballot that even if you don't necessarily care about or feel empowered by what's at the top of the ticket, the only way to really build a deep bench of candidates that you would vote for and want to vote for is by voting down ballot. Okay, and what are some of the big issues that you sh- you think we should be concerned with, especially when it comes to choosing a candidate? I think it really matters to make sure that the candidate feels authentic to you, that you identify, like, the issues that matter to you. Like, what are the things that you want to see changed and what do you feel your government needs to do to represent you? And then match that up with who you can vote for. Like, if you really care about student debt 
and the rising cost of public tuition. Like, you need to look at how your state legislature is funding public institutions and, like, whether or not they're supportive of students. And if they're trying to, you know, reduce the costs or, fall, like, fill in the budget by raising tuition costs, if they are and you're not supportive, like, maybe that's not who you continue to vote for. But, like, identifying the issues that really matter to you and then matching them up to, like, that level of government and making them accountable, I think, is really important. So what if we're divided on the issues? What if we have, like, a couple of issues that really matter to us, but they're mm-hmm. kind of divided amongst the candidates? So if you care about um, the environment and you care about LGBTQ and you're saying, like, one person only cares about environment and one person only cares about LGBTQ issues, right. like, they're different, right. then I think at that point, like, that's challenging. Absolutely. And you, as a voter, have to determine which you value a little bit more and then also weigh other priorities. But I think even once that person is elected, even once you cast a ballot, there's still an opportunity to continue to engage them. At that point, they now work for you. They are your elected official. If they are not representing you, you can write them a letter. You can get engaged with things and make sure that when you hold them accountable to your vote, because you wanted them to do the things that you felt they represented. But also, if there are issues that you feel they need to address, you can continue to drumbeat within your community. And they can certainly hear you and make changes to, like, wait, my constituents actually really care about that. That's something I need to pay attention to. Okay. Um, And you guys recently did a study that showed that millennials are are tending to favor Hillary over Trump in this current um, election. Why do you think so many of the millennials are more inclined to vote for Hillary over Trump, especially when I think one of the big arguments that I hear, at least uh, against Hillary, is that she doesn't feel very authentic and she doesn't really resonate with millennials? Sure. I mean, I think that's a really good question. One of the things I think we're probably seeing is a lot of the Bernie Sanders supporters moving over to Hillary. When you look at, you know, them as candidates and you line them up and, you know, Bernie Sanders had a huge support from young people in the primaries. And if they're now sort of up for grabs voters, I think it's a more difficult sell for them to move toward Trump than moving toward Hillary in terms of policies and, you know, platforms. And do you think she's maybe a little more progressive with some of the issues? Yeah, I I certainly think that certainly both being Democrats and running on, like, progressive platforms, if you compare Hillary to Trump, she is certainly the more progressive of the two. Okay. And so for those that are voting, like me, for those that have registered, like me, how can <laughs> we get involved? So I'm already, I'm voting. I know who I'm voting for. I know what I'm going to do. How do mm-hmm. I get people, how do I encourage them to get out and, and, and give Snapchat a break so that they can go out and place a vote? So, I mean, I think there's a number of ways you can do it. There are, you know, We have links that you can share, like on social media, making sure all of your friends are registered to vote. I think that's really important. Asking somebody to be a voter, asking them to make a plan, building a community where, like, maybe you guys all drive to the polls together on November 8th and make it a thing. You can do, yeah, right? Like, make make it a community, a fun event. 
can do um, presidential debate parties to get people kind of excited about the idea of, like, voting for the president and what this means. Um, I just think, in general, breaking down the barriers and talking about voting, but not necessarily making it feel like, oh, well, I can't, like, if somebody puts up a barrier, give them a reason why or give them an opportunity to figure out how that's not that difficult. Like, oh, I can't vote on election day. Maybe you can do early voting or, oh, I can't register to vote because I actually live in Utah and I'm in California. Well, you can register in whichever one you want. So I think that, that we've built a system that generally is somewhat flexible and we're happy to help people answer those questions if they have them. But it's so important to have peer-to-peer um, encouragement for voting. It has by far been seen to be the most effective way to get people engaged in elections is having a friend or a peer ask them to do so. Why do you think people are so afraid to talk about politics, or at least with peers? I mean, it's easy to send out a tweet, kind of how mm-hmm. you feel, but I think when it comes to having those conversations with people, people don't really want to have them. Like, I, sometimes I feel uncomfortable in conversations bringing up politics and bringing up the election and who to vote for and what issues matter to me. Why are we so afraid of that? And how can we kind of break that barrier? I mean, is it really just a fear of maybe not being on the same page and being judged? Or what do you think it is? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a big component of people feeling like some people feel very strong sense of identity by their political affiliation. And I think the climate that we've created, some of it is very negative. If you are on one side or a new friend is on the other side, where it doesn't seem like there's any opportunity for it to be collegial based on the way that we see it perceived in the media. However, I don't think that that's real. And I'm sure that reasonable friends on both sides of the aisle can find places where they can agree that certain issues are important. Like when we look at the poll that we did with USA Today, you know, a majority of millennials agree on a spectrum of issues. Many of them tend to fall along the progressive um, spectrum, but they aren't all necessarily identifying as Democrats. So that means that you have both Republicans and Democrats agreeing on specific issues and being able to not make assumptions that because somebody you know, feels one way, they aren't flexible on this other way. I think increasingly, young people identify as independents, meaning they aren't just one party. They are issue-based voters. And I think breaking that down and not judging people who feel differently, that's not what we see in the news. But I think that that's certainly what we can do with our friends. I like that. And now for your closing argument for people that are on the fence and unsure of who to vote for, what advice do you have to them? Why is why is not voting not an option? Um, I would say that, you know, we've seen young people throughout this election cycle coming together and forcing candidates to address the issues that matter to us. And we are the largest, most diverse generation in this history in the history of our country. We're going to be the largest voting bloc in November, and we need to prove to everybody that, you know, if they address the issues that matter to us, then we will vote for them. And if they don't, then we won't, because the only way that we're going to be able to build a country that is representative of what we want is by voting. It's the best way to ensure progress, not only through the presidency, but through 
the leadership of our representatives in Congress and state legislatures and at the local election, local level, which are all up for re-election in November. So it's, I think there's a lot at stake. I think we have a huge opportunity to prove our might in November, and I think we all need to take advantage of that so that we can continue to be a really strong presence in the election sphere. There it is. Thank you so much. And where does everybody need to head to after listening to this episode? Rockthevote.com. Rockthevote.com. Get registered, get educated, and get out and vote. Am I right, Jen? Love it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. And do you guys have any social media that we should be following? Yeah, we're um, on Twitter. We're at Rockthevote. And same for Facebook. We haven't gotten on Snapchat yet. We're working on it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You have to get on. Well, now, are you on Instagram? We are on Instagram. Well, they have the new instant stories thing. That's true. Yeah. I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. I tried to do it while I was in studio earlier, and I could not figure it out. I'm still learning Snapchat personally. I'm (laughs) mostly obsessed with sending dog gifts. Uh, that's funny. So <laughs> rock the vote on Twitter, rock the vote on Facebook, and rock the vote on Instagram? Yes. All right. And everybody needs to head to rockthevote.com. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. I hope we cleared up some questions that you may have about the election coming up November 8th. It is coming up very, very quickly, and you need to get ready for it. So go listen to Hashtag No Filter last week and the week before and the week before and this week again and again and again. And then go to rockthevote.com and brush up your politics, everybody. Rockthevote.com. Subscribe to Hashtag No Filter every Wednesday on iTunes. You can also listen to us on Stitcher if you have an Android or at thenetworkstudios.com. And don't forget to follow me at Just Plain Zach across all social media platforms. Get on it. I will be back next month with um, some exciting new episodes of Hashtag No Filter. And also don't forget to check out Calafia Farms and my new episode of Zach Attacks with them at youtube.com slash Just Plain Zach.